0: What's up, movie lovers? Welcome to episode number 29 of Ready Play Movies, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of entertainment. Every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we discuss the top news of the week, notable releases, while we're watching, big topics of the industry, and the moves we love. If you want to write anything to bring in the show, send an email to readyplaymovies at gmail.com or hit us up at readyplaymovies on Twitter. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. This is July 27th, 2021, and I'm your host, Daniel Lima. And I'm joined today by my wonderful and incredible and incredibly talented sister, Gabby Lima.
1: <laughs> Thank you for the warm welcome, Danny.
0: <laughs> How are you doing, Gabby?
1: I'm doing good. A little tired, but pretty good. What about yourself?
0: I'm doing pretty good as well. Pretty happy as well. Well, if you're listening to this, you're probably a little confused right now. If you've been listening to the previous episodes and you're listening, you're used to listening to Lewis and Troy host the show, talk about movie news, the movies they're watching, Loki, all the other shit that they're talking about, etc. Well, we're not doing this this week because Lewis is on vacation and I do another podcast, a gaming podcast called Ready Press Play that you guys have must might have heard about here uh, with Lewis. So he asked me if I could cover for him this week since he wasn't going to be able to do it. Uh, and he's done the same for me on the other side on Ready Press Play before. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to take over. I'm going to host the show. And we're going to talk about some movies and entertainment, Gabi.
1: Oh, what a great friend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, now the interesting thing, you might be wondering, okay, maybe maybe you know me, maybe you don't. All right, this Dan guy is going to take over the show. But the true star of the show today is really Gabi. And if you're wondering who, like, people are probably like, okay, who is this Gabi chick? Well, I thought an audience that listens to a podcast about entertainment would love to hear about somebody that actually works in the world of entertainment. So, Gabby, why don't you tell folks at home, you know, who you are, what do you do, where do you your work, what's your deal?
1: Well, I'm Gabby. Hello, people at home listening to this. Hi, Gabby. (laughs) 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 I work at Netflix currently. I have worked in multiple TV shows and movies before. I have a past of working reality TV and documentaries. Mm-hmm. I worked in a docu-series called Leah Remini Scientology in the Aftermath, and I also worked in some reality shows such as American Idol, Jersey Shore. I also hmm. worked in an Amazon Prime show called Them Covenant. Now I am currently working in the show Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, which is going to be coming out next year. It's a Ryan Murphy show, and I and yeah, <laughs> that's the main things that I've done. I guess the most interesting things I've worked in some music videos too, uh, Katy Perry, and Madison Beer, some of those, Stoddard Call. Yeah, that so mind. there,
0: there's, there's a lot to unpack here. That's a great outline to, uh, to start the show. So, so I mean, you must have been working in entertainment for what, like ten years, fifteen, twenty? More like three. so so that's pretty crazy and and i'm I'm being a little bit of a (laughs) i'm I'm being a little bit of a suck up here but actually gabi is because i am really proud of everything that you've accomplished and you've done um ever since you started working with this stuff and i kind of want to talk about all of it i want to like go from like the beginning to the to the end with the middle and a little bit of everything and just kind of get to know a little bit more about your story which i'm familiar with maybe there's a few things that i'm going to find out that i don't know about yet um, but you know, folks listening at home are going to be learning for the first time.
1: You're so nice. You make me want to cry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, all right. So I want to start with um, what, like, what led you to wanting to work. In movies, the wanting to work with in the entertainment industry. Like, where did that start for you?
1: So, funny enough, my dream was never to work in movies like most people. Like, they are obsessed with films and they want to do this Mm -hmm. all their lives. I actually wanted to be a fashion designer for all Mm -hmm. of my life. And then I changed to becoming... Wanting to become a costume designer. Because I was Mm -hmm. really obsessed with how different clothes looked and how you could just create this whole piece that would be different. And then I started creating those outfits to help my friends. And we started making like little movies about it. And then I realized that there's such a thing called filmmaking that you can create a whole story. And there's this whole project, this whole piece that you can make and that I was actually pretty decent at it. Mm -hmm. As decent as a 16 year old can be. That's (laughs) (laughs) when I started playing around with this, probably all my short films were horrible back then. Definitely never going to watch them again, but it was what started it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I got a lot of cl- compliments on it. And at school, my teacher invited me to do a graduation video, which they used to hire a third-party company to make. But mm-hmm. she told me that my peers requested that they would prefer much more if I did it instead of that company. And mm-hmm. I was really flattered. And, of course, I did it. It was supposed to be a five-minute video that turned out to be a 16-minute video. <laughs>
2: uh- <laughs>
1: I was really proud of it, but at the same time when I look back, it was too long. I just wanted to make something to really capture everyone at school and all the moments that we passed.
0: Would you call it a director's cut? It like <laughs> did it have like everything you wanted?
1: Yes, it was my director's cut.
0: Yeah, could it be released on like HBO as like the (laughs) the gobby's cut of the graduation video? (laughs)
1: Yes, (laughs) I remember that I made a first cut that was like five minutes long, and then this one that was sixteen minutes long, which I was like, I would much rather prefer this one. And all my friends asking me to just submit the sixteen-minute long. That you didn't Mm -hmm. want to risk the teacher seeing the five-minute one. And now, when I look back into it, I'm pretty sure the teachers would have preferred the five-minute one. (laughs) I got to release my director's cut of my graduation video. I guess Mm -hmm. Um, I did film most of it too. I kept bringing. I was always with my camera at school, which is crazy for me to think that I never talked about being a filmmaker because I always carried my camera with me. And it's not everyone, especially back then, that had a little DSLR with them all the time since i was like 12 i had my mom's dslr because she bought it she couldn't understand how to use it and she was gonna sell it and i Mm -hmm. guess if i could play with it and i started learning how to use it and i just it became my favorite toy i still have it it's really old and i still have it it barely works now but it is what started but yeah that was kind of what made me feel like this is what i wanted to do So Mm -hmm. I applied to some colleges, didn't get in. Uh, (laughs) Great story, great beginning, because I had to score a really high SAT. And I'm not great at English or math, so my SAT scores were not that high. I couldn't get into the colleges that I wanted in Los Angeles, but I did get into a college called UCF, University of Central Florida. I got an 80% scholarship for it, which made everything kind of easier to be there. Instead of Mm -hmm. paying for the full tuition, I was only paying for 20% of it. But I really hated it. I really hated studying at UCF. Uh, Nothing against the people that I met there. Everyone was really nice. The campus was big. Just a the lack of resources. I remember talking to some teachers that I wanted to make a film earlier and if I could use equipment or if I could use one of the classrooms to hold auditions. And they were all very skeptical about it. They all kept telling me to wait, to wait until I had more classes, to wait until I was further into the program to mm. wait, wait, wait. And Danny, as my brother, you know, I don't like waiting. Patience, it's not my
2: <laughs>
1: Definitely not. And I was trying to do everything by myself, but it was really hard to make yeah. decent. A uh, film is a collaborative art. You need people and you need mm-hmm. equipment and you need spaces. Mm-hmm. You need artists, you need actors. And I did try it, but the first film that I did was so horrible.
2: Mm-hmm. It was
1: definitely the worst thing that I've ever done. <laughs> and But I was really proud of the story. I do think it's one of my best stories. I just wasn't able to actually film it because I didn't know what I was doing because I tried doing it in my first month of school. Mm-hmm. But then I heard of this school called Full Sail University. Danny had already studied in Full Sail, but I never really checked it out by myself. He he did films. Sorry. Danny had already... I did games. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to correct myself. I don't know how you cut these, but in film usually if we mess up we'll like stop count to like 5 and then say the line again so I was kind of like trying to do that
0: we are probably not going to do that <laughs> it's going to it's going to come out as is like maybe like I'll cut like one or two little things but for the most part podcast is just it's supposed to be a more casual like a conversation you know what i mean it's like you're looking into like two people talking usually you only cut something if somebody said something they were not supposed to or something like that
1: gotcha um, okay so i'll think twice before saying something now
0: <laughs> I was, yeah.
1: yeah i was trying to like <laughs> every time it was messing up i was like okay let me stop so then you can cut this out and make
0: <laughs> nope nope it will all make it in unless you specifically ask me after we're done recording like hey can you cut when i said that
1: <laughs> all right i'll make a call after <laughs> <laughs> can you cut like 30 minutes of it no but yeah danny had already studied game Games there, But I only knew this school was like a game school and I knew that they did some audio stuff. But when I looked it up online, I just saw complaints about the film program. So I was mm. I didn't really believe in it. But then I actually went to it not to do the tour that everyone does. But then my best friend at UCF, who is now Danny's wife. Yes. <laughs> <she> <laughs> was, Leah. <laughs> yes, Leah. She wanted to be an actress. And she told me that she had acted in full sale films. And she took me to their audition rooms. And I went there, I got, I filled out the paperwork as if I was going to go and audition for student films. And as soon as they would call me, I arrived there and I would ask them about the program. And I'd be Mm -hmm. like, hey, can you tell me a little bit more about how the school works? And I want your unfiltered opinion about it. And there were students that complained. There were students that said good things about it. And I noticed that the students that were complaining, they were complaining about things that I actually really liked, which are that the the teacher, that the school stuff, the teachers are tough. They're rough with you. They will uh, ask you mm-hmm. to do a lot of things there were students that were complaining that they had to shoot too many movies in the program i was like okay <laughs> like exactly what i want
0: yeah you were coming from like you were frustrated that you were not doing enough in your previous program and then okay. you're talking to these people and they're like oh it's crazy over here we gotta do so much and and that you were like oh perfect, perfect. <laughs>
1: yeah all of their complaints yeah. were all oh, the teachers ask too much of us they are like making us study for like 12 hours and film all these films and we have to work in other people's films we are constantly on sad. and i was like oh why, mm-hmm. not bad? why are you complaining
0: yeah do you agree and this is something that like i guess we both kind of have in common obviously that we went to full sale we pursued this like career in an entertainment industry and it, it it full sale was a major part of the of the path for both of us and and i bet that you know like the fact that i went first kind of also influenced a little bit um you ended up you ending up going to it as well do you think full sale is a school where like you get what you put into it basically like the people that put a lot into it they can get something out of it but then the people that do not put enough can't and maybe that's why they they end up getting a lot of like mixed reviews absolutely
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. i feel like most of the people that were complaining about full sale that i've met they just they were really lazy because I had friends mm-hmm. that complained about full sale, uh, classmates and stuff. And they just didn't put in the effort. And they were very entitled. I think that's the biggest thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Most of yeah. the people that complained were entitled to it. And they felt that just because they were already there, they would just show up. They already were deserving of a degree, and those are the same people that after they graduate from full sale, they believe that full sale needs to find them a job. That's not how the world works. And no matter what school you go to, that's not how it's gonna work. And I think right. full sale is a school for profit and that you it's not hard to get in. I don't think like I don't think anyone that applies to it don't get in. Mm-hmm. They can they get a lot of those people that are just they wouldn't get in anywhere else, type of people that are just, right. and just believe that even though they don't put any effort They deserve things, which I'm sorry, but that's not going to happen in any school. And that's not that's especially not going to happen in the film industry.
0: Wouldn't you agree, though, that I feel like there are some people that just kind of don't have really good luck either that maybe they are putting in the work and they are trying, but things just kind of don't work out right
1: uh, i think there are people that think they can do everything by themselves and that was mm. something that i think was my fault because i felt very unlucky in the beginning because i was like oh i'm putting all this effort and i can't get the things that i want
2: mm-hmm. but then
1: i realized later that it was because i was being egocentric and narcissistic and i wasn't looking at what was around me i wasn't making the right connections i was just trying to do everything by myself and mm-hmm. when i talked to friends that in my head they were unlucky and that oh my god you're so talented why is this not working and I went to talk to them because I went to like try to help them to find jobs and stuff. And I realized they had the same mindset that I did a couple of years ago. That honestly, entitlement, thinking that they are better than they actually are, not wanting to make the connections, not wanting to pay your dues, let's say like this, which mm-hmm. sucks, uh, especially if you're really talented. And yes, paying your dues is the worst because you have to put yourself in a position that it's not your dream to do. You don't want to be an assistant. You don't want to... Uh, carry the trash in a film production but that's where you meet the people that are going to help you grow in the later yeah so you it doesn't matter how old you are it doesn't matter how amazing your films are no one's Mm going to see them if you don't have those connections and unfortunately film i don't know if that's the truth in every single creative industry but unfortunately in film i can't imagine someone growing completely by themselves Mm -hmm. it is a networking business it's about who knows you and the only way for people to know you is if you work for them or you meet people through work
0: yeah yeah, in, in, in video games, every once in a while, you hear a story about like, oh, like this, this uh, super complex, like or like this, this maybe not complex, but like this crazy cool game was made by just one person. But it's very rare. Those are very rare stories, because usually you need a group of people that each have a different specialty and that can do like things differently and have different ideas to come together to be able to make um, a game, make a good game. And a lot of projects like, you know, the the project I work on right now has like 100 people working on it or something. So there's a lot of projects that involve a lot of people working in them for them to, to work out. And I think film, it's kind of similar that way, like, you can have theoretically, you could make a short film by yourself, maybe, um, but it's very hard. And usually you need you need a team, you need a group of people that can each do a different thing very well right
1: yeah and not only is very hard it will be very difficult for that movie to actually be good and even if you do let's say like you did this i've met people that are talented enough to make that Mm -hmm. you are not gonna get it anywhere without knowing people you're gonna get it on youtube Mm -hmm. you're not gonna grow and i'm not saying that it doesn't happen i know very talented indie filmmakers that were able to make it and get their stories out there and have been able to make it a career out of it Mm -hmm. but And I applaud that. I actually sometimes really want to become an indie filmmaker and go do my own stuff instead of just working for other people. That is the goal. But I know that those people were only able to make it because even though they had the projects, they went and started working for other people or helping out or going Mm -hmm. to events to meet others. You don't make it in this industry without making friends.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, um, is that like your main piece of advice for people that maybe like... Not even somebody that's graduating right now, somebody that's like starting, like they want to, maybe they want to be a director or work in film or TV show or whatever it is. Uh, They're trying to figure out what to do. Maybe they're thinking about going to college. Maybe they are going to college. Like, what advice would you give them if it's like early, let's say early in their journey?
1: Well, it really doesn't matter where you go to school. I think that's a big thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I would not personally go to a four-year college. I don't think it's worth it or a four-year university. It's way too much time that you spend there. Most of what you're learning, you're not going to use. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I, do you so- think do you think somebody can still be successful if they did go to a like a traditional uni- like absolutely, four-year university? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Like I said, the school doesn't really matter. It's just I've met Here's the thing. I've met people that went to USC. I actually had one of our PAs went to USC. I've met people that went to AFI. But the thing is, those people are on the same position as I am or lower than I am or starting on the same place that I am. And I've met those people that have been working for 10 years and they're in the same place as I am after three years. So that's why I'm saying... Yes, I agree with going to college. I think going to college does open a lot of doors because you meet people, what I said before. But Mm -hmm. you definitely don't have to. If you come to LA, let's say my boss, I remember talking to him about it because he didn't go to college. He came to LA when he was like 17, which is really early. I came way later than that. Mm -hmm. and he started just working on things he didn't know much but he started talking to people he applied on facebook he worked for free that's the thing if you're not going to go to college go work for free for some people i know it seems uh counterproductive but it is a way to meet people and those people will recommend you to those paid jobs Mm
2: -hmm. but if
1: you do want to go to college i do think going to college is what helped me get where i am today the people that got me my best work were always people that I met from school that mm-hmm. I would connect or that, like, I went to an interview and the guy went to the same school that I did. Those things do help. And Fuseo, in the end, it is a school that is it's a quick degree. It's only two years. You get actual knowledge of what's going on in the industry. It's mm-hmm. not just a bunch of books in film critic like I don't know I have theory girl, yeah film theory I have this girl that just came to do an internship with us and I was helping her out and she didn't know anything about film and I was very surprised because all the people all those interns that come with us uh they went through a selection they came from really good schools I think she came from UC Berkeley
2: mm-hmm.
1: and she told me that almost all of her classes are film theory that she doesn't really mm. get any hands on she has never seen a call sheet before she had never seen actual film materials or anything that honestly you can just look it up online mm-hmm. and to me someone that has been studying for four years mm-hmm. and doesn't know the basic 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 stuff they just know how to be a critic for films it's so, not really gonna help them in to become a worker i guess
0: yeah let me let me try to bring this full circle then so like your your main pieces of advice are basically Network and get your hands dirty, right? Yes. Like absolutely. basically, those are the most the most useful things. Those ended up being the most useful things uh, to absolutely, you.
1: Absolutely, because then when you get these jobs and you meet these people, after a while, you were going to have the chance to show them something that you've done. Mm -hmm. And you should have those projects and you should be constantly working on them and making them better. But yes, if you do the networking, you get the people to help you make those projects and you get jobs because you need to pay rent. And the best way, why work as a waiter while you're trying to make movies when you can actually work on movies, meet people while you make your other movies on the side. And then once you have the opportunity, you can show it to someone.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you say work on movies, that means work on like anything like... Because cause, cause not everybody will be able to get any job as easily, right? Like, I mean, I know you didn't. Um, So when you say, like, why work as a waiter? Like, go work in movies. What you're trying to say is, like, anything you find that's, like, paying in movies, like, go get that. Is that what you're trying to get to?
1: Sure. I think that's a start. Uh, mm-hmm. There's Facebook groups. Honestly, it's not. It is hard, but it's not that hard. Uh, Once I came in here, I didn't reach out to any of my contacts in film as soon as I moved here. I just went to Facebook. I went, I joined every single group that had a film jobs and I mm-hmm. put alarms on them, mm-hmm. a notification. I don't know how you call it, the notification things.
0: Yeah, sure. Let's call it that.
1: <laughs> yeah, the notification things. I turned on notifications for every single group every time that they would post a job or anything like that, I would get a notification, I would apply right away. And I had around 12 different resumes, mm-hmm. each one of them tailored to a different job. Mm-hmm. And that's how I would apply for them. Because yes, they are looking for experiences, but you can always like make your resume look like you have the experience that they are looking for. And I knew that the jobs that I was applying for were all entry level and very simple and that I was going to learn why I was, I was there. But that's how I got my first job at Netflix, which was on a show called Fastest Car
0: okay well let's 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 hold up there a second okay so you you graduate college you move to LA um well before you moved to LA were were you doing jobs in in Florida like while you were going while you were going to college or maybe like I don't remember if you moved right away or if it was like a few months after like what were you doing in Florida were you able to find like movie jobs in Florida as well
1: so I did work in Florida for a little bit as soon as I joined I was at UCF and I helped out some seniors. I was able to get myself into a senior class. I don't even know how, but I talked to my counselor at UCF that I was really bored and I was thinking about dropping out and I hated all my classes. And I had asked some teachers from the junior and seniors BFA program if I could just sit in and watch some of their classes. And they were very surprised Mm -hmm. because they said no one had ever asked that. And they're like, well, our classes are very limited in size. It's like 10 people. So yeah, sure. So I started sitting in on their classes and I was able to talk to my counselor and they were able to let me like take some junior and senior classes to keep me more interested, I guess. So I wouldn't
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't
1: know. I don't know how that flew by. Cause I was literally the only freshman in those classes and they were, one of them was like from the BFA program, which I wasn't even in, I was in the BA program. And in there I made friends that were graduating and one of mm-hmm. the friends, I worked in his film, of course, I was always constantly trying to work in people's films or do my own films or trying to meet people because networking
0: mm-hmm.
1: before I even know what that was called, that that was called networking.
0: <laughs> didn't you And later in the full sale time, like, di- didn't you do some work on uh, WWE as well?
1: Well, yeah, I'll get to that. But I was going to say. That person, one of those seniors that I met, he hated Fuseo, and I mentioned with him that I was thinking about going there, and he was like, no, don't. (laughs) Uh, I worked in WWE, but he uh, asked me, since I I studied fashion for a little bit in Brazil, he asked me if I could make the costumes for his film because he had this very specific vampire movie. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that sounds fun, but I told him that later I wanted to join the camera team because I really wanted to work in camera. And he said, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. I ended up doing makeup, Costume for all of his films. I never joined the camera team, uh, but I became <laughs> friends with him. And later on, he graduated when I was in my first month at Full Sale. He called me because he went to, he got hired to work in a feature film mm-hmm. as a second AD, which is an assistant director. And he recommended me to be the assistant of the costume designer, which cool. when I arrived there, he got fired. So we never <laughs> to see each other. But I did like, I, I got really nervous once I got there and he got fired because I felt very, like, out of place. I didn't know anyone, but they liked me. And in the end, they even fully credited me as wardrobe instead of, like, wardrobe assistant. Mm-hmm. It made me really happy because I got a full credit. Uh, but it was a paid job. It was around 25 days, 20 days. I worked while I was in college. I had to talk to my professors and it was awful because it was with my hardest class from college. I don't think I had any class harder than that one. And I was doing it at at the same time that I was working on this thing. I remember Mm -hmm. that we were shooting a lot of overnights and we would go, I was going to work at like, okay, it was two hours away from home. So I was driving two hours. I would work from five p.m. to five a.m. I would drive two hours, get home at seven a.m., take a shower at nine a.m., go to class, and I was studying from nine a.m. I think until like one p.m. Then I would take Damn. a nap.
0: So when did and- you sleep?
1: That's so you were I'm not sleeping at all. No, uh, my mom wanted to kill me. <laughs>
2: me.
1: <laughs> I had like three days off from that job that I had. Uh, pro- uh, I had presentations at school, so I couldn't like sleep. But I know that during My classes. We had moments that we were like watching movies, and I was just sleeping during those movies. Like (laughs) Like,
0: I I, I like to think you start like you start working in the movie industry in L.A. and then somebody's like, "So," and then on Citizen Kane, and you go like, "What? Never heard of that."
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, I fell asleep that day.
1: (laughs) Plaza was one of the films that we watched. I don't remember a single thing (laughs) because I fell (laughs) asleep. It was, just, it was just so hard to be awake after working 12 hours, driving yeah. for like four hours, and then they turning off the lights. And I was having so much caffeine. I was drinking like those Venti's from Starbucks, like black. <laughs> just going full at it. And But it was a really cool experience. It never led to anything, but it happened. And I did. Yeah. I got called later if they with them uh, inviting me if I wanted to work on another film that they were doing, but I was at school and those week, those two, three weeks that I was working on that film almost killed me. So I was, I bet. Yeah, no, I was not sleeping. And I even, I crashed my car in one of the days cause it was right. Oh, at the end. I
0: remember, I remember when I, I remember a story that you had hit your car, but I didn't remember how, or, or I'm I also have a terrible memory. <laughs>
1: Don't yeah. sleep for a few weeks and you'll hit your car too, okay?
0: <laughs>
1: That's what I'm gonna say. I was exhausted, but I remember that week uh, my mom offered to pay for a hotel for me because she was very worried. And I talked to my teachers and I was able to miss a few days of class just mm-hmm. to finish that film. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad I did that because I was not healthy. I don't, I usually use this story when I go to like panels and stuff like that as they do not do this.
2: Mm -hmm. because
1: I felt really proud of what I was doing and without realizing how bad my health was getting and how I Mm -hmm. killed myself simply because I wasn't asleep
0: yeah yeah no that makes sense that makes sense and it you know it's interesting because in the games industry uh, a lot of people talk about like overworking doing overtime and and crunch and all these things and there's a lot of you know crazy stories as well of people working like crazy but I feel like it doesn't even compare to the film industry. I feel like the film industry is a lot crazier. I mean, the 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 point that I always think is kind of funny is that like, in the games industry, over time and in most jobs, over time means any time above eight hours. But on the on in a day, but in the movie industry, eight hours is like a half day, basically. Like you're, it's not even overtime yet. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Uh, the minimum hours that you work in a film is always twelve. I've yeah. never worked somewhere that it was less than twelve. Mm-hmm. Unless it was like during preparation for a film during prep, uh, and that was when I was a producer. So, uh, when so when you say,
0: group. so when you say I'm doing overtime, like what does that mean? How many hours is that?
1: Well, actually, Danny, this last week <laughs> in Netflix, I did a lot of overtime because uh, we had one. Of, I'm a secretary, so that means that I take. I'm like I work with the coordinators, mm-hmm. and I have some PAs that work with us, and I have to oversee the work of the PAs
0: hmm pa for those that don't know uh production assistant right
1: yes and okay. in the office would be the office production assistant they mm-hmm. help out okay. with everything and as the secretary i'm kind of like the day-to-day coordinator while the coordinator is the film coordinator so mm-hmm. i work directly with them one of her office pas got tested positive for covid mm. so all of her office pas had to leave this week in quarantine. And since Mm -hmm. I tested negative, I was vaccinated. I was kind of just me and one more person trying to help out and do all Mm -hmm. of the job. Because of that, I had to do a lot of overtime, which Mm -hmm. means that instead of just working my regular 12 hours, I was working around 16 hours a day.
0: Damn,
1: that's crazy. And then you have to think that a day is 24 hours and it takes me. Yeah,
0: and you got to drive there and (laughs) it's LA, you know. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Falling asleep at night is really hard. Uh, melatonin is my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> but that was this week. Yes, filming is very tough like that, especially if you're on set. I used to work on set before, but it became a lot, especially before COVID. Before COVID, I had a lot of days that I was working 18 hours a day. And mm-hmm. to me, that's just not living.
2: <laughs> yeah. So
1: I decided to go to the office because it was always just 12 hours. But of course, we have days that we have to do over time. Mm -hmm. usually my overtimes are not that bad most of the times like at least once a week i have to do overtime but it doesn't really go past 14 hours Mm -hmm. Uh, but this this last week was pretty tough it was almost every single day was 16 hours a day
0: Mm -hmm. that's crazy i uh we we jumped around a lot um but I, I want to go back to going through it kind of chronologically. So we were uh, we talked about like your college, and then did you want to talk about what you did with WWE, or I was that sure. worth mentioning? Uh, or WWE, I
1: don't I did a few things with WWE because Full Sail has a partnership with WWE. They do the NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you call it the NXT part Fights. of WWE. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and. I was really good at the photography side of film and I had just done Mm -hmm. a photography class and they recommended me to work with the photographer for NXT. There were a lot of students that they were work studies and they were working all around the NXT program and all of that. But I got to work specifically with the photographer as his assistant and he liked me a lot. And then as soon as I graduated, he called me to work with him in WWE. I did a few things with him with WWE in Then I came to Los Angeles. He actually invited me if I wanted to continue doing it because they would travel all over the world. Mm -hmm. They would go to Australia, they would go to like all these places. But I wanted to work in film, not reality. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be a filmmaker, not a photographer so okay. i did refuse that i but he was really nice i still keep in touch with him and every time that i post something in my social media he always comments on it he always like mm-hmm. sends me a message me like i love seeing you succeed so that was an amazing experience he really loved that i had no idea what wwe and nxt were that was <laughs> so amazing to him he was constantly like making jokes and every time that there was a really famous wwe person he would send me to it and i I didn't know who it was I didn't know how they looked like and he yeah. would just watch from far away and laugh his ass off like seeing me like not knowing this really famous person there's something would-
0: kind of cool about yeah. that because like I a lot of people like there's a lot of people where they dream of working with like these with this person or in this company or whatever and because of that that can almost work against them because they they act too much like a, like a fanboy right versus you as somebody that was detached from it that didn't follow it didn't watch it you could go and just be a professional right
1: yeah honestly so. yes and i remember i had to like uh look up people i had a folder in my phone of all the wwe people that w- i was working <laughs> with because i i was so bad with names and to him that was so mind-blowing but yeah that mm-hmm. was that was fun um, so
2: you
1: know, i remember him, uh, when i worked in american idol i had a producer that every time that ryan secret was that in
0: florida as well
1: no that was okay
0: that was later okay
1: I was just going to, so, yeah, sorry, I jump all over. But no, I, no, it's
0: it's all good. I just want to make sure we cover as much as we can cover today. So, so what, what you were saying?
1: I was going to say, I was working in American Idol and there's this guy called Ryan Seacrest, which he mm-hmm. presents American Idol. I've never seen any of these shows, which I think is, <laughs>
2: that is so
1: sad about this, these stories. Uh, I had no idea who Ryan Seacrest was mm-hmm. and I accidentally went into the same elevator as him, and I guess that wasn't allowed. But really? Yeah, and I didn't know who he was, so I didn't take it as a big deal. You I was not realize elevator. it? <laughs> yeah, I was in the elevator. He came in. I was like, what floor? And he was going to the same one as me, and I was like, okay, cool. And we went, and then my boss saw it, and he was like, hey, uh, we have a policy here. When we have talent in the elevator, we don't go inside with them. And I was like, oh, don't worry. There wasn't any talent in my elevator. And he <laughs> just looked at me, and he was like uh ryan seacrest was in your elevator and i was like who's that and he was like (laughs) oh gotcha and then he explained to me that he was the presenter and that i had to like be careful with those things and i was like of course but then throughout the whole show every time that ryan seacrest needed something i don't know if he needed tea if he needed coffee if he needed something brought Mm. to his uh wardrobe room they would always ask me to do it because they thought it was funny that i didn't know who he was
0: right and so you would be <laughs> professional about it once again what were your other celebrity interactions that you've had um, ever since um, coming to LA? Katy
1: Perry mm-hmm. uh, Katy Perry accidentally walked into her uh, makeup room because I was told to I do know who she is uh, I was very struck <laughs> by her but I was told by a coordinator, or a producer to come in and give them a walkie for the makeup people. And as I came in, I wasn't aware that she was already there. No one told me that. I think they also weren't aware because she she's a very punctual person and she arrived early and no mm-hmm. one really knew. So I just kind of walked in. I was like, I knocked and I was like, hi, excuse me. I came to bring the walkies and I just saw her there sitting and she was like, oh, hi, good morning. And I was like, oh. Good morning. <laughs> she just looked and I was like, oh, I just came to bring the walking. She was like, oh, that's fine. That's good. That's cool. and I was like, oh. Ah okay you're talking to me oh my god you're so pretty oh my god uh but yeah the makeup people just grabbed the walkie from my hand because i didn't put them down because i was starstruck Uh, (laughs) and i walked out and i saw her again after that. she was kind of like just playing around with her dress because she was wearing this really beautiful dress and -hmm. she was really just like (laughs) she acted like a child she was just um twisting around like with their dress mm-hmm. and i just looked at her and i was like you're so beautiful and this dress is amazing and she looked at me and she was like i know it's so flowing and she was like walking around and i was like are you talking to katie perry this is my life now oh my god <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you do you, you exchange numbers like did you, I, you hang uh, out please
1: like... <laughs> i was <laughs> i would never do that i'm still a professional uh but it was really amazing she was probably one of the nicest celebrities that i've ever met she okay was- she was also coming down from her like wardrobe room and interacting with people, and she liked to interact with people. Like she wasn't one of those artists that just like stays closed off in her like mm-hmm. room and barely comes out. Or like when she's filming, she doesn't really want to talk to anyone. No, she would come to us. Like even mm-hmm. though we were always we were always told to not go talk to talent, she would come to us and ask her things. And like I remember, I was giving water uh, water bottles, and she has an assistant that would bring her specific water bottle. And she just saw me and she was like, "Hey, can you give me one too?" And I was like. Oh, I guess. Yeah. And like I was like, oh, my God, her hand's touched. Uh.
0: <laughs> you, you, have you washed that hand since then?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was definitely amazing. Uh, love her. Madison Beer was another one. We worked in the same music video as well. She got to interact a little bit. She was also really nice. Mm -hmm. I had some bad interactions. I'm not going to say those people because I don't think they deserve to be in this amazing podcast because they were uh, just really (laughs) shitty people.
0: Okay, okay, fair (laughs) enough, fair enough. I
1: I was going to say, usually the bad celebrities are the Uh (laughs) B-listers.
0: Interesting. So like not like the Katy Perry's of the world, but the nah. ones that are not as as like not in that level, right?
1: Exactly. I worked in shows that they were not the main character. They were like either a guest appearance or they were just like a secondary character that I honestly had no idea who they were. And I looked them up and they hadn't really made anything big. And mm-hmm. they are usually the hardest ones to work with. They think so highly of themselves and they just Interesting. They just make our lives worse for no reason i don't know their Mm -hmm. motivation i think they just think that's the way to act but the people that are actually really big they are really nice so Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah evan peters the show that i'm working on now i think i'm allowed to say this because it already came out Mm why the show show, the announcement for the show
0: right right um so when you're in la i know you crashed in my couch for a little bit and you're like you were just kind of looking for jobs constantly on facebook groups you were going to everything you could like trying to Reach out to your connections, go out with people, make sure you're networking, that you're going to events and everything you can go to uh, and you're getting busy. Like, what was that like the beginning for you like that? Let's say that first year in L.A., like what were the things that you were surprised about? Uh, What were the things that worked out, the things that didn't? What was that experience for you?
1: Well, it was a roller coaster my first My mm-hmm. first year for sure. I had a lot of ups and downs. As soon as I arrived, uh, it was, of course, really hard to get the first job. I was mm-hmm. working for free and I was very frustrated that I wasn't making any money. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to meet some people that recommended me for like one day jobs of things, but it was still not rewarding enough. Mm-hmm. But then I got to... Get some of the jobs. I started like connecting with people on Instagram too. Sending the messages. Some people invited me to just come to their set. I went to some events. That's Mm -hmm. how I met some bigger people. But they also didn't give me jobs. They just invited me to their sets to like talk and to connect. Mm -hmm. And thanks to people that I met on those sets. Not the people that invited me to it. They started giving me jobs too. So that's when I started realizing, oh, it's really about like who you know here. It's not just about your resume. Of course, I sent my resume to a lot of things. I got, I think the first big thing that I got that was a good pay and it was a legit job was a Gina Rodriguez um, commercial that I did. It was for a car. Mm-hmm remember the Mm -hmm. car because they we didn't have the car on set Mm -hmm. but it was in partnership with the space program for women that they got like three women to go do a space program and that was like five days of work consistent work getting a good pay Mm -hmm. i got to meet people i got to meet people that later invited me to jobs Uh, i remember i moved here because i was supposed to work in Tenet as an office pa and they told me the day before that they didn't need me anymore, and I was so devastated.
0: <laughs> I remember that. I remember that time frame because you were so excited, and then you were so disappointed, and I felt so I bad for you.
1: Everyone, I was so happy. I literally was making calls to everyone, be like, "I'm gonna work with Christopher Nolan." And it didn't <laughs> Is
0: that happen- a good example of one of those things where it's like you should have kept it to yourself? Like, did you did you feel like you learned a lesson or something with that experience, or would you still do the same?
1: <laughs> I think I'll still do the same because. Even though, yeah, I probably should have kept it to myself. Every time that that has happened later, I kept it to myself until, like, I actually was in the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm glad I did this <laughs> because then everyone knew that I, I almost worked with Christopher Nolan. And that was <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did that open? Did the fact that you almost worked with Christopher Nolan open some doors even though you didn't?
1: Actually, yeah, because I told this story to a lot of people and they would think it's funny. And they were like, at least you were considered for the position. And I was like, yes, right? And <laughs> it was actually telling this story to a friend of mine that got me the job that I have now because I told him that I really wanted to work on something really big and that I almost did and it didn't happen. And I was so disappointed. And since then, I hadn't really gotten like an opportunity to work in a narrative thing before and that I can get into a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was like, he thought the story was hilarious and then he called his friend that was working with American Horror Story. And I don't know if he told the story or what, but he just said, hey, you have an interview this Friday. And I was like, what? Mm. And it happened. So, And then I did really well in the interview and they hired me and I've been with them for a year now. But that's, again, me jumping back and forth.
0: No, that's good. That's good. Um, I want to talk about one one thing specifically, uh, which is that there. I, I feel like, you know, in, in our family... I was always like the 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 nerdy kid, and I was always like the one that I feel like like was getting like the best grades and stuff like that in school, and that later on, you know, the first one to go to college and go out and do things. And I always felt like this kind of perception oh that uh, that I was like the like the like the good like successful ma- mama's boy kind of thing. And I, I I feel like that that changed, or I realized that you kind of like I feel like you passed me. when when, i feel like you passed me when you got an emmy (laughs) so i want to talk about that because when i learned you got an emmy i was so happy for you and at the same time i was like god damn it i gotta get one too (laughs) like i gotta get i gotta get some kind of game award now
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay just to let you know it has always been my goal as the middle child to surpass you
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Even though
1: mom doesn't see it that way, I'm really happy that you do. Uh, It makes me did something right. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, on that note, uh, I didn't get that job with Tenet. I was really upset, but I started working with some other things that led to me getting an interview to be an assistant to this executive producer. Mm -hmm. Which, in when I was in that interview, he made this kind of sexist remark, which he was like. You know, everyone working in this show is a guy, is a male. And I feel oh, like. Oh, really? Yeah. And he was like, I feel like it would look really bad on me if the only woman, woman working on the show was my assistant. So I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to hire a woman to be my assistant. Hmm. And I was so upset when he said that. I know. Because I had done so many interviews and I wasn't getting anything. And I just looked at him and I was like, you know, I think it's more sexist, sexist that you would think that way and you would say that. But I have heard that I do make a great producer and I could prove it to you if you want. And he's, he kind of like looked at me with a face and he did like a chuckle, but he didn't really laugh. So I thought he was mm-hmm. mad, And he said that he was done. And like, he was like, OK, I think that's all I need to know. And I was like, ah oh, fuck, I screwed. I fucked up this interview, too. They mm-hmm. They thanked me for it. And as I was leaving and walking to my car, I got the call saying that I got the job. And I couldn't even believe it because I was like, oh, my God, I felt like this was such a bad interview. He literally told it to my thing. <laughs> and he did. And I was like, OK. It felt so like it I really guess
0: was. I guess he liked it that he stood up for yourself and that you called him out. You know, maybe, yes, maybe he saw something in that. Yeah
1: yeah and i started as his assistant and in the first week that i was there he promoted me to producer and i was like wait what like that just like that that easy like Mm -hmm. what happened and he said well uh you were doing the work of a producer and i was like oh really i thought that was the job to be honest i didn't really know how to be an assistant i lied i said that i had tons of experience being an assistant um and i put in my recommendation my mom but yes literally I said that I had tons of experience being an assistant it was a lie I didn't know how to be an assistant I was just doing what I thought had to be done for the project and I was Mm -hmm. working so much I was the first one to arrive the last one to leave and I was doing everything that I could and I was doing it well because every time I didn't know how to do something I would google it or ask my coworkers. and it happened that I was doing the job of a producer I was doing so much more than what my job entailed. And he really liked that. And I think he saw right through me that I didn't really know how to be an assistant, that I was just doing what had to be done. And because of that, he gave me a raise. He gave me a promotion. He made me a producer. Cool. And
0: what, and what was that for?
1: That was like, for Leah Remini Scientology in the Aftermath. There
0: we go. I, I know that, but I just wanted to make sure people <laughs> listening did as well. Um <laughs> so you so i I would say that was probably like your first um like your first job where um you had like a higher role right it that wasn't so in- oh cool.
1: yeah, it was so so cool, I had a higher role, I had assistants that worked for me i <laughs> I felt like such a badass. I remember when I was like, because I got the title of social producer, but then I remember whenever he was introducing me to people, he would always say producer. And I was the one telling people what to do, especially because he hated it. He He had so many people that were in really high positions, like the line producer and stuff. And he was like, I don't want to deal with it. Gabby, can you just tell them to do this? They'd be like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. (laughs) And I don't know. I felt like such a badass. I haven't had a job that I felt so accomplished like that one but i did work as a producer later on to another show for amazon prime and other things like i got i started getting called to a lot of stuff after that job Mm -hmm. it was really nice it opened doors like american idol came after that job Mm -hmm. jersey shore came after that job the viaje con los derbes came after that job uh Mm -hmm. yeah and that went on to win the emmy which I'm so sad that happened during quarantine because I wasn't there to receive it. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: it was probably my only chance to go to the Emmys.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: yeah, I want won- you'll,
0: have, you'll have other ones in the future, I think. Hopefully. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I won
1: an Emmy for that show and I surpassed my older brother. As,
0: <laughs> as the the most awarded, the, the most go. awarded in the family so far. Um, cool. Cool. Very cool. So then so you did a lot of work on reality tv right like because like scientology like the scientology show that that was reality tv
1: docu-series docu-series, is docu-series
0: like- that's right okay um but i mean like based on unscripted right that's unscripted, the word for it yes yes that's what we call it um and then you also did like jersey like what, what did you do on jersey shore
1: jersey shore was just a PA, just a production assistant
0: okay and same for American Idol, right?
1: The Viaje con los Derbes, I was also a social producer.
0: Oh, okay, cool. It was like
1: two and two. And, but I,
0: and what, what is that show again?
1: Oh, it's a, it's this Mexican show about Eugenio... What's his name? See, I'm terrible with names. <laughs> Eugenio Derbez. I good. believe, since it's called The Viaje con los Derbes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Eugenio Herbes, he's this really famous Mexican actor, and it was about his family like traveling. It was a mm-hmm. really hard show to work on. Like, I'm not going to talk about it, but it was an interesting show. And yeah, but I was really happy working in these, all of these shows. But in the end, I did really want to be in narrative, which is a different area. Right. And that's a lot of, uh, a lot of things that happen in film. You really need to be careful with the area that you grow in, because I can grow and become really big in reality. That's not going to mean anything if I want to work in scripted shows.
0: Right, right.
1: And that's so, the tip that I give to people that want to join, like know what you want to do in the beginning, just do everything because you don't have a choice. But after you do, learn your path. Because if you are doing commercials, you're not going to be able to do scripted later. If you're doing videos, you're not going to be able to do reality. Like, you need to find your area and then grow there or else you're always just going to be so an entry-level positioning everything we'll just
0: say that at first you just need to get your hands dirty do everything you can i know you did all sorts of things uh even going back to like your college like the stuff you were doing in college and etc like you mentioned Mm -hmm. costume design you mentioned camera stuff you mentioned like production you mentioned like i know you did directing as well for like uh your like short films Mm -hmm. and stuff like that um so you did a little bit of everything and then and then you started working and then you're
1: (laughs) I did it for some paid stuff, too. I did some music videos. Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: So would you say you do everything at first, but then eventually you kind of got to start figuring out, okay, what is it that I want to focus on so that it can start actually growing? Definitely. Mm -hmm.
1: Because I think that was my problem. I knew I wanted to direct, but I didn't know what would be my backup thing, which I still want to direct. And I have been working towards that. But you need something to make money and no one's going to hire you as a first time director out of nowhere, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was just being a PA on everything. And then I got the that opportunity to be a producer, but then I also went and started doing some camera stuff, and I started being a second AC on some music videos. And at some point, I was just like l- looking at my resume, and I hadn't—I really didn't have a straight line to anything.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I so said, you had a lot of like parallel stuff, right? Like yes, you, like, you are not building up; you're just building horizontally.
1: Exactly. I was doing a bunch mm-hmm. of different things without—I was being a jack of all trades instead of being mm-hmm. a master to a few things. Mm-hmm. So, so my goal.
0: are you trying to become a master now in something like are you trying to what 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 do you see right now like your focus should be what are you trying to build on well
1: i still want to be a producer and i still want to be a director and that's something that they both can happen at the same time like i know Mm -hmm. i already have enough days to join the pga uh, but Mm -hmm. i do want to be a director and i do want to join the dga i have been working towards that and i think one of the things that i really didn't know and i wish i did earlier is that there are so many fellowships and mentorship programs for people that want to be directors. And honestly, that's the best way to get into it. And I only learned that once I became a producer and I started seeing and meeting and talking to directors and then they would always tell me, oh yeah, I did this fellowship program, which opened doors and I got to meet the right people. And then they mm-hmm. put me to direct this TV show or whatever. And I started getting myself into it. And this first year was the f- this year was the first year that I started applying to them. Mm -hmm. and I actually got into one I got into the HBO fellowship Um, and I still we can talk about this like next year once I've done all of them to tell you if it works or not But right now, to be a director, I know that is the right path. I'm still working towards... I feel like I'm doing two paths at the same time. I'm Mm -hmm. doing my short films. I'm doing the fellowships to become a director. But I'm also, at the same time, working towards being a producer for Scripted. I went as an office PA. I got promoted to secretary. Uh, The next step would be APOC and then later to coordinator to, like, eventually become a producer. And Mm -hmm. I'm doing both of them at the same time to see which one works first.
0: Mm -hmm. Makes sense um let's talk about your current job how did how did that happen how did it start what are you doing what is it like
1: so it started with a friend of mine he really really liked Leo remedy scientology in the aftermath and he invited me for coffee because he wanted to talk about it because he had Mm -hmm. no idea he knew someone that worked on it uh like i said that job did open a lot of doors especially after the emmy because he also Had worked as a producer for another show that won the Emmy. And then he saw that I was also on the list. And he was like, wait a second. That's Mm Gabby. And this friend of mine, he's like in his 40s. So he was very blown away. (laughs) Uh So he really wanted to talk about it. Because he was like, I've never heard of someone getting an Emmy at 22. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I I really think it was just luck. But sure. (laughs) Well,
0: you you got the right job at the right. Like you were at the right place at the right time. But you wouldn't have you wouldn't have done it if you had not like built enough to be able to get that job right
1: yeah, yeah. I so too and if I wasn't so frustrated with my interviews to kind of like clash back at <laughs> the producer. Yeah because
0: yeah. uh, there is some level of luck to it like that there, there's a point there in the sense that like there are people that work in great uh like in great stuff but they just don't get the awards right like um for instance I mean Leonardo DiCaprio did a bunch of amazing movies and he had not gotten the Oscar until recently.
1: That is so um, true.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah so I I went for coffee with him, and we talked about it. And he was curious about like where I wanted to go, and if I had already arrived where I wanted to go. So he was like, "You're already a producer at 22. Is so that what do you wanted to do?" And I was very honest with him. I was like, "Not really. I really, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy with my job. Uh, with the job that I had, I was getting called to other jobs. I became really good friends with my boss. I went to barbecues with him after. Like, we actually became friends, which was really nice." and Mm -hmm. he always calls me whenever he has something It's just i had to start saying no because i wanted to work in scripted Mm -hmm. and then my friend as soon as i said that he was like no way and he told me that he mostly works in scripted and that he has friends in scripted that could give me an opportunity It's just i would have to start on the bottom i would have to go and be a pa again and Mm -hmm. i At this point, I hadn't been a PA in a while. So I was kind of like, ah, really? I'm going to be an assistant again? Ah, damn it. At the same time, it's like, I am really young. uh, And it's better to start now than starting later once I'm like 40. Mm -hmm. So I talked to him about it because he did that. He worked before as something else. He was in post this whole time he was an editor and then he realized that he didn't want to do that so he went back to being a pa after being after working for like 15 years as an editor just so he could work in other shows that he wanted to do Mm -hmm. and he gave me like a talk we talked about it and stuff and he gave me some tips about it and then he talked to this friend of his who was starting on the show called monster the jeffrey dummer story with netflix and they needed an office PA and he needed someone good because apparently the last ones that he had were really, really bad. He told me later, like apparently the people would put cheese in the laminator machine and really crazy stuff like that. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, don't be that person. You don't get called back.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he said that he had like the worst PAs because he was constantly hiring people that the executives wanted and usually were like relatives from the executives. And he was so done with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, like I said, it's who you know sadly Mm -hmm. sadly it is the industry and he recommended he recommended me to him he called me we did an interview uh he told me that in one week he would let me know because he had to interview other people because he really wanted to make sure he was getting the right person and Mm -hmm. one week on friday he called me and he said i got the job and i started in this job i was a pa for a week Maybe a week and a half. And then the production secretary, which is a position above the office BA, was leaving because she got a job as uh, an assistant coordinator, which is above the secretary, in another show. Mm -hmm. And then my boss said that he was going to have to hire another secretary. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, no. Uh, I went and I told him, like, hey, I know I just started, but (laughs) (laughs) I have worked as a producer, and I feel like if I manage that, I could manage being your secretary for this show. See,
0: there's something about that, that you do, that, you know, is really cool, because I, I don't think it can be understated. Other people don't do that, you know what I mean? Like, it. I feel like most people do not start at a job and then a week in try to get promoted <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like usually because it kind of goes against like all kinds of advice that you are t- you're typically told like the idea is usually you know oh you work there for like a year and then once you're there for a year then you try to pursue an opportunity to move up but i feel like the movie industry just happens so fast it's just so intense that you do need to move quicker And it's crazy to think that he moved that quick. (laughs) Like that, uh, you know. I bet that if, like, the week after, you know, your boss was quitting or something, that he would try to get his job. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. You know, get my boss promoted, so
0: (laughs) you try to get him promoted so you could get his job. Yes. Oh my god.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't go that well. What I mentioned, I was like, because or super, uh, his boss got promoted. And that position was kind of there. And I was, I just looked at him and I was like, Are you not going to go for it? And he was like, Well, no. If you
0: don't go for it, I'm going to go for it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? I'm just going to stretch it. No, no, I can't do that. But I just saw. Uh, yeah, he, in the end, in the beginning, as soon as I said that, he was like, well, you just started. And I was like, well oh, yeah, but I've done harder things before. This is easy. It was not easy. I was actually struggling a lot. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But I just kind of pretended that it was. And he was like, okay, uh, let me talk with my boss. Because he, of course, he has to run through everything with the producers. Mm-hmm. And his boss, I actually became like I caused a good impression by accident I bought some donuts and I bought vegan donuts and he was vegan and he was really happy that I took him into consideration when I bought the donuts and he he just like ate the donut he was like oh my god you're amazing I can't believe you did this and then a week later I'm asking for a promotion and I think he was like oh it's the girl that gave me the donuts yeah sure why not (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it wasn't even sucking up or anything. I just, I feel like I was so nervous at that job. And I had had such a bad experience at a job before that one that I just wanted to cause a good impression. So I kind of, my mom is a feeder, so I kind of just brought food to everyone. Right. And I guess that made people just remember me, that I was a Brazilian girl that bought food. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) that helped when they gave me the promotion because they remembered my name. They were OK with it. But yeah, later on, uh, someone else got promoted and that job was open. And I told my boss like, oh, you should totally ask for it. You should go for it. And he was like, no, 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 that's not how it works. And I was like, it's not how it works. He was like, no, no, no. And I was like, well, how long does it usually take for an office PA to become a secretary? And he told me like two years. And I was like, yeah, I did it in a week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why
1: you try to be a supervisor he was like no and don't mention that again and i was like oh okay so i felt like i was he wasn't comfortable with me pressuring him so i just stopped but that was my mm-hmm. goal i wanted i really wanted him to be promoted so i could be promoted again mm-hmm. uh because <laughs> then of course i would go for the other position because if he got promoted the apoc would become a coordinator and then i could become an apoc but wasn't what, what was is an a-
0: what is an apoc
1: it's an assistant production coordinator
0: okay Okay. There's 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 lots of uh, acronyms that uh, that you guys use that uh, that, oh, that I you don't have necessarily know.
1: Idea. Film is such an extensive thing. Like there's so so many positions. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm writing a book right now about all the positions in film and everything that I learned while working because it's so so much. So many things they didn't cover in college. So many things that like I wish people had told me. That it's making me realize how big just a part of the industry is, because that's not even counting with development and everything happening actually, like, for example, at Netflix, which I am in touch with those people, and I see that they have, like, a whole other world with them, that mm-hmm. we're not even, like, part of it. Our world is already so big. Every time that I send call sheets and I send documents over, I send it to over 400 people, and to me, it's crazy. Oh, wow. there's 400 people just to make this show. Yeah, it takes a lot of people to make the programs that you guys like, so please enjoy them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um... Can you tell us anything about the show? Like, I don't expect you to uh, spoil anything about it, but just like a general synopsis of, of what it is.
1: Once upon a time in the faraway land, there was a serial killer called Jeffrey Dahmer.
0: <laughs> he okay. was
1: one of the first gay serial killers. Okay. His targets were mostly gay black men and foreigners, gay foreigners. Mm-hmm. And he would kill them and eat them. Okay. And he killed over 20 people. Uh, his neighbors were constantly calling the police on him. The police never believed them because that was like back in the nineties where racism was still like pretty big. I'm saying that it mm-hmm. would, it's not anymore, but you know, I know what you mean. Yeah, and he is a white male, mm-hmm. so so the police
0: the police basically probably like protected him, they, like didn't think much of it, right? Like, or yes. did, yeah, there was a
1: black man that literally went to the police and told him everything, and the police just said that they didn't believe him pretty much and that and then the black Damn. man literally said I, i'm not gonna use names because i don't remember if our show is using the actual names or if they're uh, uh,
0: the- yeah you probably shouldn't anyway
1: yes but i remembered that this story really blew me off when i was learning about it because people talk like as we were making the show everyone is talking about it of course so
0: is the show uh, like a documentary or is exactly. it a, a remade version like a
1: it's not a documentary. There- Is a documentary on Netflix already. It is kind of like a retelling of the story through Ryan Murphy's vision. Ryan Murphy is the creator of American Horror Story, um, American Crime Story, Versace, a bunch of shows, Glee, uh, Ratched. He makes so many shows. Uh, Halston. Mm -hmm. I actually worked on Halston for a little bit, too, but I'm not credited on it, so I don't like talking about it. But yeah, that happened, too. He did a lot of shows. Pose. Pose is a big one. Almost everyone in our show worked on Pose, so that's really cool because I did really enjoy that show okay
0: so 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 if people want to check out things that he worked on probably the easiest one to access right now would be the leah ramini scientology show i believe that's on netflix right
1: yeah and jersey shore
0: and i guess jersey shore that's yeah, right that <laughs> which season did, did he work on like the latest season of that basically or
1: yeah I worked on the last one it was like a family reunion
0: family re- yeah um and then the the monster show that's coming out in the future right yes yeah,
1: exactly. That's coming out next year if we ever finish the show. The show was supposed to, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but then I, don't. Got,
0: <laughs> I don't want you to get in trouble. <laughs>
1: but this is just an example of how you need to be adaptable in the film industry because everything changes. Just like with mm-hmm. jobs, they will come and go, like people will promise you something and it's never going to happen. Um, it will be different once you get into a show because the dates will change. I got hired to work in the show from October to March, uh, mm-hmm. I started on the show in November. I was told that then it was gonna go into July. Now we're then it went to September and now we are looking into wrapping in October. It's constantly changing the dates and that will happen in shows that you work on, that will happen in movies. Film is never very specific. It's get- never
0: consistent, right? Like you gotta be constantly looking for jobs.
1: Yes. And jobs will change. Like I already had a job lined up for March. I was gonna work in Florida, Bama. but because of The show kept going. I preferred this show, so I just stayed on it. Right. no to my other job. Makes sense. But that will happen a lot. Once you start saying no to jobs, it's actually very interesting because you get to pick. And you never know which one to pick because you don't know which one is actually going to go through. Because so many of them don't. So I usually try to pick jobs with people that I already know that work on them. Like Mm -hmm. that I'm very, very confident that this is going to happen. And while you're in a job, it's so annoying because I feel like the most job offers that I get are usually when I'm already in a job. And then as soon as I get a job, I get, like, nothing
0: that's how it goes that's that's with me too actually oh uh, yeah there's even a meme you know that meme where it's like the guy with the girlfriend but he's looking at the other girl like he's walking with his girlfriend but he's looking at the other girl and the girl is like his girlfriend is upset I saw a, a version of that meme where it was the you know like recruiters looking for people to hire and then the, the girlfriend that was mad is like people actually looking for jobs and the, and the other <laughs> girl that was walking is like people that already have jobs you know
1: it's always like that it's so annoying <laughs> yeah When I was looking for work, it was so hard to get something. Uh, And then every time that I'm working on something, I get calls from everyone that I worked with being like, hey, are you available?
0: Yeah. With me, it's LinkedIn. I know that, you know, film is different. On the games industry, everybody has a LinkedIn. And then once you're doing well and you got a good job, you get these messages on LinkedIn all the time from recruiters like, hey, would you be interested in blah, 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 blah? Would you be interested in blah, 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 blah? But (laughs) anyway... All right. I got some quick questions for you. Okay. All right. So what is your favorite movie?
1: I hate that question. (laughs) Everyone asks that question to filmmakers. And it's like, I mean, we make movies. We see them differently. It's never going to be the same to like a film lover, you know?
0: How how different is it? Like did did you change the way you watch movies? Did that change once you started working with movies? Absolutely.
1: I feel like I became extra critic and not critic at all at the same time because (laughs) Yes, I feel like before I really overanalyzed movies and I was constantly reading about it and all of that. Now I can just watch a movie kind of know how much work went into it and Mm -hmm. know exactly what's going on. And if there's any type of mistakes, it tricks me out of the movie so fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, but at the same time, whenever I'm watching something. I know how much effort went into it. So I always try to not criticize and try to get out of my own bubble of being like, oh, this is not the right way of writing a story. Oh, this is not the best way to, they could have done this differently. Instead of saying this, I'm just like, there were 300 people that missed weddings, missed birthdays, worked their asses off for 16, 18 hours a day to make this, to entertain. So I'll be entertained. I will try to take this in with a grain of salt and just enjoy it for what it is you know right
0: right so <laughs> it's like
1: it's not gonna change like it doesn't matter what i think of it it's not gonna change because of it
0: i feel like it's like you pay more attention and you notice the mistakes more but you're not necessarily gonna be angry about it because you're like well you know you respect the work right exactly. so you appreciate it you appreciate it for what it is I do. um yeah yeah that uh that makes sense but okay so you didn't give me a favorite movie what are like what are movies that you really love? Maybe like movies that even inspire you.
1: Gone Girl is definitely a favorite one. I mm-hmm. uh, really loved that movie. That movie changed my life when I watched it. Because it was the first time that I saw a female villain being made that well. Mm. And I really liked it. Because I feel like people, when they make female villains, they never make them realistic. And that one, I was like, oh my god, this could totally, like, this could happen. Would you say, would would really you say she's
0: a villain? Like, I think I agree with you. But I think, I don't know if everybody that watches the movie would think that. That she's the villain, (laughs) you know, because I I think some people would think she's kind of the hero because of the way that she's like presented. You know what I mean?
1: It's just so cool to see her. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joker, like she's an anti, an anti-hero, I guess, but she was definitely not the protagonist, though.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, Uh, it
1: was. She was the villain to the main character. That's yeah. how you see She's the antagonist. She's there just to make his life miserable. And she does it in such a great way. And it's so good, especially for women that have been in, like, shitty relationships. Mm-hmm. That they're like, oh, I'm so glad that he got what he deserved. And we're mm-hmm. like, yeah, go, Emmy. He cheated on you. He did all these bad things to you. Like, he deserves every little thing <laughs> that you're doing. Which freaks out my boyfriend that I think that way. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun to watch and yeah look at it.
0: no i love that movie too
1: it was so well done so so well done
0: Now, is there, um, is there a movie or show or something that you're watching right now or that you watched recently that you want to recommend to everybody that you think either is like, either just something you're like, it was really cool. Like go watch this right now. Like, like what's on your radar right now, as far as new stuff coming out?
1: Well, I actually watched Dave. The second season just came out and Mm -hmm. it was a very interesting show. I was not ready for it. My boyfriend recommended it to me because he's very into like music and Mm -hmm. needed to show more focus on that. Uh, It's so different than what I've seen before. And I feel like that really makes me pay attention to it. and makes me like constantly be wondering what's next. What's he going to do now? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not a normal show. I do enjoy it a lot. I think it's very funny in an an unapologetic way, which is very rare today. I feel like everyone's so careful with the way that they make comedy. And that show just does not care, uh, Mm -hmm. which makes it really fun. I did just finish watching Loki i thought it was a good show i don't think it's the best but it was entertaining Mm -hmm. Uh, let me see what else i'm re-watching game of thrones i'm trying to think i feel like i watched something recently that was really good oh mayor of easttown that was mayor of easttown it's on hbo
0: is that a show a movie
1: it's a show it is amazing i really enjoyed it um really well done the acting is great very, very good. Very good. Uh, and yeah. I watched it as it was coming out. So I feel like because of that, it felt better. Cause I was, it's more like a detective show. So I could talk to everyone at work was watching it too. So we could, we're all like wondering who was the killer since it is a detective show. Like it's not really a spoiler. That is the show you're trying to mm-hmm. find out who committed the crime. Um, and I can't really say much about the show. No, that's saying, good. That's yeah. good.
0: That's a good start.
1: <laughs> I love mysteries. I love yeah. movies and shows that make me wonder, like, what is happening. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that show was really good with that.
0: Do you have, Do you have like, a dream job? Like, if you could work on anything, like, what would you want to work on? Like, is there, like, a company or maybe a property, an IP? Like, Like, oh, I would really like to make a Wonder Woman movie or something like that.
1: I would actually love to direct or be like a creative producer in a creative position for a marvel movie Mm -hmm. Um, i really like the marvel movies i feel like they're so overhyped and so overdone and they just go full at it and it makes it so fun i just watched black widow and Mm -hmm. i know there's a lot of controversy behind that but i love the movie and i remember thinking wow i wish i had done this
0: right right
1: and i also really love indie projects like those indie films that usually make it to the oscars Mm -hmm. um fox searchlight or searchlight pictures now that disney bought everything (laughs) (laughs) it's my dream studio i would say if i ever made a movie i would love if searchlight pictures were the ones to distribute it either searchlight pictures A24 is also one that i really love but yeah i have a special love for searchlight pictures i think they're so Great at everything that they do i it's really rare for me to watch a search like picture movie and not like it so i feel like those two those make sense
0: big. makes sense final question why did you think of fast nine
1: are you fucking kidding me <laughs> 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 oh my god danny uh
0: <laughs> well you know how much did you love it like was it a nine or was it a ten
1: uh Oh, uh, <laughs> negative one i'm kidding um i know a lot of people love that movie there was a lot of work putting to that movie you see it in the credits mm-hmm. uh i don't like fast and furious i'm sorry danny i watched it's... all of them for you because i know you love them it's okay i didn't, I didn't like <laughs> night. night. Uh, i thought it was probably the weakest of them all
0: to really really oh that hurts i i disagree i really like
1: Fast 9, <laughs> no, you but disagree. but it's okay
0: and i'm saying this because gabi and i j- literally just watched fast nine together um yesterday, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and that was after i forced her to watch pretty much all of the other fast and furious movies leading up to it yes, um cool it was <laughs> it was it was an experience right i mean
1: it was definitely like, an experience but
0: <laughs> it's it's an acquired taste you know,
1: <laughs> I think we have some good movies. I really like uh, Fast Five and Fast Six, but I don't know Fast Nine. It just felt they had ideas of what they wanted to do with the cars, and then they tried to make the plot around that, and no one really dies on the movie. Like ah, spoilers.
0: I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate Fast and Furious because they. There's not really stakes.
0: Yeah, there's no stakes at all. It's just like anything anything can happen. They can bring anybody back. Like, who cares, right? And
1: no one really gets hurt. Okay, that was something that was really funny. Fast 9, they kind of call it out.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I know. (laughs) They're like, like, maybe we're invisible. Spoilers.
1: (laughs) Yes, right?
0: yeah that was Isn't
1: pretty funny it's just a joke on the show on the movie
0: yeah i know it's not really spoilers i, I mean trailers spoil everything nowadays anyway yeah,
1: but it was really funny that even they called it out and went a little meta with it i know something to recommend to people okay the meta um uh, two things rick and morty and in both okay. Horseman. Bo Jack huh. Hors- i know i know the prejudice it's a horse i get it <laughs> <laughs> I hate that they did it with a horse.
0: Hey, we are not racist against horses here. It's Please, all good. This is a safe space. <laughs> no horse racism is allowed here. <laughs>
1: uh, it's such a good show. It's such a good show. I'm going to I started rewatching it again and I I think it's so much better even after I already watched the whole thing and I'm watching it again cuz the first season I could not take it seriously because of the whole it's a horse <laughs> and it's so hard to take the show seriously because of it. it because there's also humans so I'm like why don't you just make everyone human if you're gonna have both <laughs> it is Makes sense. such a great show and it changed my way of looking at people and looking at my industry because it is really focused in the entertainment industry and looking at depression because it is a show very focused in depression mm-hmm. so so great
0: So, you didn't give me a favorite movie, although you did say Gone Girl is one of your favorites. Do you have a favorite director?
1: Oh, that's a tough one.
0: What are the directors you really like?
1: So, I used to be obsessed with David Fincher. Mm -hmm. Uh, I probably still am, but I started exploring other directors as well and threw out of my face my david fincher face
0: <laughs> you're not it's like you're not emo anymore or something. <laughs>
1: No, uh, i feel like as a teenager while all my friends had celebrity crushes i had director crushes and that was even before i knew i was abs- like i was wanted to be a filmmaker
2: mm-hmm. uh
1: i really liked christopher nolan but i feel like that's such a basic answer because everyone mm-hmm. likes christopher nolan uh then i had david fincher david fincher uh the way that he works just impresses me so much. He's such a perfectionist and I am Mm -hmm. a really big perfectionist. So I feel like he influenced a lot of my work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Martin Scorsese, I feel influences a lot of my writing. Mm -hmm. But right now I see Greta Gerwig as someone that I really want to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. She did Lady Bird as her first film and it already went to the Oscars. And it Mm -hmm. was such an interesting film because it was so Calm and so real, and it was about just like this girl and her relationship with her mom, and just so relatable. And it was the first time that I stopped to think, Wow, I can just write a story about life. Mm It it sounds so simple and i never realized that i was always so obsessed with adventure, christopher nolan martin scorsese uh and i like there's so
0: much like big like epic stuff for like these crazy adventures and then you can actually do things that are smaller and simpler right
1: absolutely and honestly i felt like i had more feelings with those movies than with those big big movies like I watched it with my mom, Lady Bird, and we were both, like, hugging each other at the end. And it was so emotional and magical and interesting because mm-hmm. I never felt like that with a Christopher Nolan movie, which are amazing movies. But they're always about something that, honestly, is never going to happen.
0: Right. It's it's very, like, it's very, like, mental. Like, it's in your head. It's, uh, it like, theories, crazy theories plays with time and space and all the crazy it's stuff. The yeah, I get that. Thing,
1: yeah. And it takes you to another world. And I love it, too. Um mm-hmm. A lot of people are big fans of Chloe Zhao. I wouldn't say she's my favorite director. I do think she's interesting. Eminel mm-hmm. uh, Fennell. I might have just butchered her name, but I think that's how you pronounce it. Eminel <laughs> Fennell. Uh, she did Promising Young Woman. I really, really enjoyed that movie. And I feel like she is brilliant. And she's going to be another like really, really great director that is coming to stay, you know?
2: Mm hmm.
0: Do you like that there are more popular female directors now that you can look up to and like hope to be like?
1: Yes, I love it. I love it mm-hmm. so much. Uh, I always kept saying because I remember when I wanted to do film, the first thing that my mom said was, you don't really speak the language, you don't know anyone and you're a female. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's so funny that she used "and you're a female in the sense that like that is also an obstacle.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We could almost like, do a whole podcast about that. <laughs> like, what that is like the experience. Like, like if like about you, you kind of mention a little bit, uh, like with sexism and other things, but
1: there's so um, much, and it's so sad because it's 2021. But it makes me feel like those people that are making it now. Those. Women that are making now they went through worse because they started earlier than me.
0: Right, but hopefully now that they're up there and being successful, that that can start changing, changing it for the current times for the future generations.
1: Absolutely, uh, I feel like it's already changing. I see an act yeah. change like those things are not really acceptable anymore.
0: Yeah, and 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 I know that you are probably gonna go on to you know rule the world and stuff, and then you're <laughs> gonna you're gonna make the rules anyway. And i you know what, I'm kind of concerned about that now that I think about it. <laughs> what the
1: best. he's the best brother in the world for sure i love you too <laughs> <laughs> um
0: anyway Gabby, we're about to wrap up here before i do our outro uh do you want to tell people anywhere where they can follow you like do you want to plug a social media or something like that
1: sure i'm on instagram at gabby lima films gabby written with an i and one b Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure this is the only social media Matt. <laughs> That's
0: <laughs> I'm, good. That's good. You're you're all, you're out there working 16 hours a day. I'm sure you don't have that much time to be updating social media. I
1: actually don't. I just deleted my Facebook because people kept messaging me on it, and I would never see it, and it started looking really bad on me. Uh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep, um, I yeah, understand I would say
1: that. A lot of people add me on LinkedIn when they want tips, but I log into my LinkedIn like once a month, if that. So if you want to reach me. Just just go to my Instagram. If you send me a DM, it's very likely that I will reply and I'll give you like more personalized tips. Mm-hmm. I do that a lot every time that people call me for to speak or to do panels, especially international students or international people that are very like confused of how to go from as soon as they arrive to the U.S. Like, what's the next step? Because uh, I right. figure that out. You know that, Danny, because you're also in the same boat. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very absolutely. open to people messaging me.
0: Yeah true well thank you so much for joining us gabby um it is time to end here thank you so much for joining us for another episode of ready play movies remember you can reach the podcast by email at readyplaymovies at gmail.com or simply at readyplaymovies on twitter i'm on twitter at the dan lima if you want to follow me Louis who's not here today but usually hosts the show is at chakalaka 88 gabby just said that she's at gabby lima films on instagram thank you so much for joining us don't forget to subscribe give us a review to our about the show and all the good stuff next week lewis and troy are coming back to do their typical like oh here are the movie news or whatever talk about the next episode or the falcon show or whatever the hell they're watching um so <laughs> so we'll see you next time thank you so much once again gabby
1: thank you for having me
0: bye-bye